Hi, and welcome to the More Than Movement podcast. We are here to educate, uplift, and disrupt the dance world. We are your hosts. My name is JJ Garrett. I go by they, them. I am currently a dancer, choreographer in San Francisco. And with me today, I have... Hi, my name is Christy Liu. I use she, her pronouns. I am one of the co-committee leads and co-founders of More Than Movement at Ray Studios. I'm also a co-director of Straight Jacket, a dancing based in San Mateo. Hi, I'm Lexi. I use she, her pronouns, and I am the other co-founder and co-committee lead of More Than Movement. I also teach at Ray Studios and I'm signed to Ray Agency, and I am the outreach coordinator for Straight Jacket in San Mateo. Awesome. Well, thank you guys for being here. I'm really excited. I mean, we've been talking about we've been talking about doing this for quite a while now, so I'm really excited that we get to bring this whole idea to fruition. Um, for those of you who are maybe new and tuning in and don't know who More Than Movement is, More Than Movement is based in San Francisco at Ray Studios. More Than Movement is a professional development program dedicated to helping instructors and staff grow their teaching skills, social advocacy, and knowledge of dance history and culture through community building, education, and anti-racism work. Wow, that was a lot. (laughs) But um, yeah, so this is a new monthly podcast that we will focus on various topics within the dance community and within the dance industry. Uh, In today's episode, we're going to be talking about how to disrupt the dance world, and we're going to be answering three main questions. What is More Than Movement and why were we created? Why is a committee like More Than Movement very important for dance studios and the dance community? And what is the overall goal and values of a committee like More Than Movement? So we're going to really be diving into these topics today, and I'm really excited because I think that More Than Movement is such a powerful tool within the industry and within our community and I think what we're trying to do is like really good work and you know not many studios or anything in the dance community um, is really like that. I think the only thing that I can think of is that there is a program in LA um, that is used within the dance industry where they try and um, and I can't even think of the name right now but I will have to research that and get back to you on that. But there is um, really nothing like what we're trying to do. They're more focused on like, you know, bringing um, the dance industry to have standards, more or yeah. less like what are you getting paid on gigs and stuff. But what I think we're trying to do is more like cultural and educational. So let's dive like right into it. So what is More Than Movement and why is More Than Movement created? Um, You two were here since the beginning, the birth of More Than Movement, Mm -hmm. so I'm going to let you guys kind of educate our listeners about More Than Movement. Awesome, yeah. I'll go ahead and kind of kick off the history of More Than Movement and how it started. So back in November of 2020, I had attended a virtual event that was put on by Prelude NorCal, and there were a lot of anti-racism and other dance educators that were Uh, holding seminars on various topics um, related to the current state of the dance community and how and what we could do to move forward to make it more um, inclusive and also um, decolonize the dance space. Um, So around that time, I had also been teaching at Ray virtually for a few months, and I noticed that some of the classes that they offer use the word hip hop as an adjective 
for their dance classes that didn't really focus on anything really related to hip hop culture. Um, so for example, there used to be a class called hip hop abs, uh, which was just a cardio based class to hip hop music and other dance, uh, or sorry, other music genres. And I was a little bit concerned about that just because given that hip hop did start in the 1970s by black and Latina youth that were oppressed and hip hop was their way of expressing joy. I, I was like, it, it feels a little surface level to, um, just call a class hip hop abs without giving any consideration to the fact that people literally made this uh, culture for, like based out of oppression. And so it's really important to give that recognition to uh, the historical context of hip hop. So with that, um, I sent an email to management just talking about how I think we should change the class names that don't really align with, um, with the word hip hop and just change it to something else. And they were very receptive to it, which didn't surprise me. Um, Ray Studios does a really good job of uh, taking feedback and then actually uh, growing from that feedback. And so that happened. And then then, um, a few months later, I think it was maybe March of 2021, um, I had noticed that they, they reverted back to some titles of their classes that weren't very accurate. So for example, there were people teaching hip hop that didn't really use any hip hop moves in their classes and didn't really give any um, education on like the history or culture of hip hop at all. And so I brought it up again. And this time I, I brought Christy into the conversation because we had been talking about it a lot um, within Straight Jacket as well as just um, on the side. And uh, we came into this conversation just wanting to wanting to understand where Ray Studios was uh, coming from as far as, you know, putting hip hop back on the class titles. And from there, they were like, okay, this can actually be a opportunity for uh, for us to educate ourselves and our instructors and everyone else in the Ray family about how it's important to teach the culture and history of all the different dance forms that we offer. Yeah. And I want to give credit to Trisha Fuertes, who was the community liaison at the time. And she really helped us get More Than Movement off the ground. She even gave us the title of More Than Movement. And from there, it really just picked up. So... Yeah, we're super grateful of how far it's come over the almost past two years. It's kind of wild that the time has flown. Right. Um, but yeah, that was the that was the essential reason why More Than Movement was created, was just to bring more awareness to um, the history and culture of where all these dance forms come from, especially uh, Black dance forms, um, because it's something that we all know and love, but we often don't give credit to those that pioneered these dance forms and cultures that we enjoy. Yeah. And and that brings me to a question, though, because none of us here at the table, none of us are black. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm a gay, white, cis, non-binary person. And, um, you know, why do you think it's, like, really important for us as non-black people to be having a committee like this and to be doing the work that we're doing? Yeah. So um, I can take that one. Uh, yeah, like, uh, I think many dancers might be aware that in 2020, you know, um, after the George Floyd uh, murder, a lot of people were bringing up, you know, like we've been listening and learning for all these years, we really need to get past this. Um, And I wanna uplift Freedom Movement, which is basically an organization of dancers who are uh, involved in anti-racism work. And one of the things they really just constantly were preaching to, um, to specifically non-black dancers was that 
this work needs to stop falling falling on um on their shoulders on the black dancer's shoulders and it really needs to be on us people who have more privilege who have more power um who have been historically appropriating these black dance forms to be the ones to take responsibility and you know um yeah and just um use our pivot our our privilege to um to address this and make change so yeah I, um I always find it's a little hard to balance, you know, like that at the end of the day where none of us are, are black dancers and we're trying to do this work without centering ourselves. But I think what I've just really learned from that experience is that um, change isn't going to happen if I keep waiting for someone else to lead right. me. I have to, in some ways, make myself the leader in this work. Totally. Yeah. And, you know, like, I think that, like, you know, I've trained a lot in hip hop and, like, you know, when I was training, yeah, a lot of that knowledge was passed down, you know, mm -hmm. like you walk into a class and they're going to tell you about a move and, you know, the history where that move comes from. Um, and I've learned that. And I just feel like as a respect to the culture, like passing that information down is also really important, but mm -hmm. also like being able to like be an ally, you know, like, you know, as a queer person, you know, we always talk about allyship as well. And, um, you know, it's important for non-queer people to also be kind of like spreading that kind of stuff so i feel like it's kind mm -hmm. of in realm with that same line of work of like yes i might not be black but i respect the culture enough that yeah. i want to really be able to make sure that other people are really understanding where things come from because in most dance classes you're not learning the history you know yeah. and especially it's really interesting like even at like younger studios like you know even like for example like ballet like they're not really teaching the history of like the mm -hmm. kinds of ballet and um you know with hip-hop like you're the children are learning the moves but they're not learning where it's coming from so they're just kind of repeating things without learning even though their brains might not you know really understand it but as long as they're like hearing it and then as they get older they'll probably learn more about it but i think it's still really important that even at that level, like when you're just a youngin, to like still teach them those yeah. kinds of um, things because that's how change is made, right? From the young, mm -hmm. um, and then it just passes on. Yeah, and uh, I I forget which uh, which person said it, but I think it really resonated with me that you know like we're all guests in this culture, and when we think about you know dance mm -hmm. as like a house, and we're guests in this house, like are you gonna trash it? Are you just gonna like take things from it? Like that's not yeah. that shouldn't be our natural instinct, right? Like if we're a guest in someone's house we take off their our shoes if they ask we you know bring food for them you know we clean up after ourselves and i think like that's a really good metaphor for how we should interact as guests in dance culture that we yeah can't just like keep taking from it just because we were invited over like at the end of the day we're a guest here so how are we being respectful guests um yeah, yeah in this work that's that was beautifully well said um I mean, and that also then I get, leads us into our next question of why is a committee like More Than Movement important for the dance studios and the dance communities? Yeah, I can take that one. So when, so I also grew up dancing in a studio, like um, I'm sure a lot of people listening to this. Um, <laughs> and I, again, I, like I didn't receive that education about where hip hop came from. I think when a lot of parents probably sign up their kids for hip hop, they just associate hip hop with the word like cool or trendy or something like that. And they want their kid to be involved in that, which is totally understandable, of course. Um, and there hasn't really been like, there's really no standard for a dance studio to offer education. It's very much like anyone can set up a dance studio, 
offer classes, but what is really the responsibility of those dance studios to offer education about dance forms? Mm -hmm. Because uh, the the history and culture of these dance forms is really strongly associated with you know U.S. history and culture, and mm-hmm. um, and even globally how like for example hip hop has. Uh, has been globalized in other countries. Um, and so it's important to bring it back and recognize that we need to understand where these things come from. Because like, oh, in my opinion, uh, like understanding hip hop history is just as important as understanding like, or knowing, you know, all 50 presidents, which, you know, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> I, mean, I don't even know if I can name I don't all 50 know if I could either. George Washington, <laughs> and that's capitals. as far as I go. <laughs> Been 50 presidents. I don't know what I'm saying. There's, oh god. I think we're at like 54. Okay, we're, like we're educated. We swear we're educated. Uh, we're we went to college. I swear. Um, we can cut that out. Um, <laughs> staying in. Um, um, oh, to go back to my point before I went on a tangent. Um, no, it, it's really important to. Um, it's really important to ingrain education in dance studios because as I learned when I was in college, which was the first time I had really. Uh, I, I was really exposed and gotten the opportunity to learn more about where his uh, hip hop came from and uh, more cultural aspects of hip hop. And that really broadened my horizons to be like, okay, it's actually really important to bring this education to other people. Um, and that was something that my, uh, my hip hop professor taught me. And so from there, I started implementing hip hop history and education, um, hip hop history education into um, all of my classes, um, any like dance space that I go into, um, just because it does land, especially as a non-black person, it does land, um, or that responsibility does land on us to make sure that we're educating ourselves. So like Christy had mentioned, it's not just, um, black folks doing it on their own. Like we should all bear that responsibility as well and be able to spread that, um, spread that knowledge. Yeah. I mean, and that also kind of, like, ties in, like, with why More Than Movement was created with the whole class naming thing. I think that is just as important, too, because, you know, there was that movement for a long time where, you know, it was called urban movement, right? Like, urban contemporary or things like that. (laughs) And, you know, it's really important that class titles are, you know, indicative of what the style that they're teaching is um, because, you know the history and the culture can get lost in that class title. Like, and I'm going to use the example of jazz funk because Mm -hmm. what we see jazz funk today is not what it was meant to be. And, you know, jazz funk was originally created using African movements with jazz technique. Um, And now it's just hair flips, booty pops, and rolling on the floor. Mm -hmm. Um, Which, I mean, it looks great, but also at the same time, like, it's not really what jazz funk was. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's taking from that culture, and then it's just kind of like now its own thing, which that's why I never use the term jazz funk when I teach that. I teach street jazz because I use street styles with jazz technique. Um, And if you go to, like, New York, there is no jazz funk classes. It's all street jazz. Oh, interesting. Um, yeah, and it's it is interesting because like in some of the classes though, there's like it's more street than it is jazz. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, you know, I I remember showing um, Jessica uh, one of the videos of street jazz, and she goes, "That's not 
jazz. That's like street styles dancing. But I'm like, but you know, you can see where the elements of For like sure, yeah. jazz are in there. Like, you know, they might be doing a rond de jam or, you know, maybe a, a, a turn. Um, but it's just, it doesn't look so like prim and proper. It's just more of a street version of it. Um, it but going back to my point is that like a lot of that culture and history really gets lost in that name title. You know, like calling something like urban contemporary. It's like, mm. Mm. <laughs> what? <laughs> I mean, and I, I remember too when classes were being called that and it brought an uproar to a lot of like black people about using that term urban. Yeah. Um, and that was maybe like 2012, 2014. Yeah, fairly, fairly um, 2010s. Yeah. And it just, I mean, it even, like, I hated that title. I was like, you guys, this is like, that's just like calling the class like ghetto dance. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like it's not, it's not appropriate because we're taking from, oh, taking away from the culture of what hip hop is, yeah. you know? Um, so that's why I think like naming classes, like the appropriate titles is so important. Um, yeah, for sure. Um, and so with a movement or with a committee, like more than movement, like what are the overall goals and the values? Um, I think we do have a mission statement. Um, would someone like to read it? Yeah, I have it pulled up, and it's uh, it's pretty similar to what you said at the very beginning of the episode, but our mission is to provide opportunities for Ray Studios instructors and staff to grow their teaching skills, social advocacy, and knowledge of dance history and culture through community building, education, and anti-racism work. And within that, we built in the values of decolonization and anti-racism, compassion, community, and knowledge. And um, as a quick side note, something that popped into my head is that um, so there's five elements of hip hop and one of them is actually knowledge, which was added by Africa Bambada. Um, and so I just thought about how, you know, again, it's important to bring in knowledge to mm -hmm. the culture as well. So just want to put that little note in there. I, I'd love to bring up just specific examples of like, since more than movement has been implemented, how um, we've really helped Ray with specifically class names. Um, so we've had an instructor in the past, like, right? Yeah. Yeah. Her name um, and she originally had her class called hip hop, but we just had sp some specific concerns because, you know, as Lexi has mentioned, sometimes people will label their class hip hop, but they're not using this hip hop foundation. They're not bringing in the hip hop culture. So we really just worked with her to say like, you know, like, let's keep the class. Um, let's not just revert to calling it choreography because I think that really just dilutes it and doesn't end up addressing the culture at all. Um, yeah. And I think we kind of landed on what did you say? Rhythm and grooves. Rhythm and grooves. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think it was just a nice way for us to really address like her specific style without having to just call it like a choreo class. Yeah. Um, I mean, it sounds like she doesn't even really have a style. Yeah. Like if you can't really pinpoint what somebody is doing, right. Mm -hmm. Then like, girl, <laughs> like if you, yeah, if you can't pinpoint their style, like should they really be teaching? That's a question. Yeah, yeah I, I do want to pop in there and do and say that um, you know part of the again going back to how more the movement was started. Part of the reason why we decided not to just like change the class titles and that be it. We did want to bring in that educational component to the instructors. So it's not just okay. Here's like a band aid to the solution. We'll change your class name. The bada bing bada boom. That's all you have to do. Um, we also directed all of these instructors to our resources page, which you can find on the website. Um, <laughs> and 
made sure that they do educate themselves on hip hop because a lot of um, a lot of the instructors that either had their class titles changed or um, or maybe they just stepped away from teaching. We still wanted to offer that educational component for them. Um, so, you know, I think that's definitely a big takeaway from uh, this conversation is in general is even if you do change the class names, it doesn't that's not a solution to educating them as well. Like there still needs to be that component whenever you make a class title change or something like that. Yeah. For sure. And I think too, like, I I know we've talked a lot about like hip hop in that realm, but I feel like we also do a lot more other work as well Mm -hmm. in like other aspects of the industry and the community. Um, What are some other things that maybe before I even came on board, like what other things have you guys done um, that, you guys have worked on specific to like class titles not necessarily specific to class titles but like i know we've worked on like fat phobia um we've done things Mm -hmm. about like educating people on like um queer gender neutral terms um so maybe we can dive into a little bit about the other kinds of work that we do as well yeah yeah, you can go ahead. I'm always really bad at like listing things <laughs> off the top of my head. Yeah, so I, I'm happy you brought that up because, again, this program is called More Than Movement. So we do talk about more than just uh, dance history and culture, uh, even though that is kind of the foundation of our entire professional development program. So we we have brought in different uh, conversations uh, related to fat phobia, gender inclusivity within the dance spaces, Um, and these were both topics that we had kind of talked about initially, um, as we were expanding the program, because again, we did want to make this program more than just, you know, making sure instructors are educated about history and culture, but also how can they make their class spaces more inclusive and more welcoming to everyone. And I, I'm really proud that Ray Studios has really grown in that regard as well, because we've really implemented a lot of uh, policies and, um, and, and other, uh, I don't want to call them rules, but like, I'll just stick with policies. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. <laughs> that basically, um, ensure that we are keeping the space as inclusive as possible. Um, we reject all isms. So, you know, of course, no racism, sexism, mm-hmm. um, uh, fat phobia. I know that's not really an ism, but it's related. And, yeah, so the fat phobia and gender inclusivity events uh, slash social media campaigns um, were for instructors to learn more about how they can modify their classes for anyone that might have any kind of sensitivities within their body that um, that might restrict them from doing certain movements. Um, also, making sure that we stray away from terms that might be um, might be deemed as uh, fat phobic or um, gender non, non-inclusive or gender exclusive. And um, so for example, for gender inclusivity, we want to make sure that, you know, when we're in a class that's, uh, we're, we're, when, we're, well, <laughs> when we're in a class, um, we don't separate by gender. We don't say, all right, boys over there, girls over there. Yeah. Because you have to remember, there are other people that don't identify as right. a man or a woman. Um, and we need to be respectful of everyone's, uh, identities regardless of how they show up. So, um, yeah, I, I'm definitely very proud of us for bringing those events and I'm looking forward to us 
bringing more of those types of events to raise more awareness for dance instructors and staff um, on how they can be more inclusive within the dance and fitness environment. Yeah, and I think also, like, I know we talk a lot about it for being for the staff and the teachers, but I think it's also really cool in the way that we do it. It also educates the students and the community as Mm -hmm. well. Um, Like, just for example, we just hosted the holy event Mm -hmm. um and i think that really brought to light you know like we're not just about one specific you know genre or like culture we really want to make sure that we're you know honing in on all the cultures that culminate within our community because there are so many and Mm -hmm. i think that's really important that you know studios really appreciate every culture because a lot of them don't you know what i mean they don't I, I shouldn't say that they don't, but I feel like maybe it's not as, like, loud um, as yeah. we like to do it, yeah. um, you know, or, like, a lot of places will rent out to other people, you know, and, like, not really, they don't want to be a part of it. They're just like, okay, you know, you could be, it's like a third party kind of thing. Um, but we really make sure that we're tied into it and that we're educating everybody. You know, I, I feel like no one's left unturned. Between yeah. staff yeah. and students and community, I think that's really, really important uh, because it it's just it's something that needs to be done, mm-hmm. you know, um, and no one else is really doing anything like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Our apologies if you feel you're do- totally doing all these things. Um, but yeah, we would just love to. Yeah, I think our big goal, right, is to make this even go beyond Ray Studios, which is like our home ground, but expand this to to let other studios know like this should be happening everywhere. Um, That's why we started the podcast. (laughs) Yeah, that this should just be a standard. So yeah, this is like really our our bat signal, right, telling folks like this is what's important. This is what we feel is going to really make a change in the dance community. So yeah, it really just boils down to... um, yeah, we just feel like this should be at every studio. Yeah, it really should. Um, And I don't really know of any studios that have a type of, you know, committee like this that really hones in on that or, like, pays attention to it. Um, Because I still see some studios where I'm like, why are you naming your class that? Like, what are you doing? Or, like, a class that has, like, you know, it's a hip-hop class. And I'm like, but that's not hip-hop. (laughs) <laughs> yeah. you know it's like that YouTube video yeah. of like this is hip hop yeah. and it's like it's like no but it's not um, yeah. and I, I just think it's like super important for for me it's not I mean I think it's about the teachers and the staff but I think it's also super important for because San Francisco isn't really like a professional community like it's not like LA or New York right like right. this isn't where people come to get dance work um it's more I always like to say like San Francisco breeds dancers and then they go off to you know LA or New York um and I think that's also really 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 important though is that if we are breeding these dancers to educate them so when they go out yeah. into the professional world they're gonna look just as like sharp as like everybody else because not only going to be sickening dancers but they're also going to be educated Mm -hmm. and that's super important and that also goes to another point is that in there was another debate about you know like college dancers or getting a college degree in dance Mm -hmm. versus like somebody who just goes straight into the dance community or like professionalism and that like just because 
this these people had mentioned like oh like you're not a real dancer if you start your dance career in college and mm. I don't really see that too like I went to school for dance I went to Cal State Northridge go Matadors um, and you know what what that allowed me to do was get more educated in dance mm-hmm. like my papers were all about like the history you know of certain dance styles and really getting to take m- more than what I would get if I just went straight into the professional Mm -hmm. world, which I eventually did. Um, But, and again, like I still know dancers that don't know Mm -hmm. much about like dance history or culture. You know what I mean? And it it baffles my brain because it's like, if you love dance that much and like I'm addicted to dance, like I'm obsessed. I've been obsessed since I can remember. And I always thought, like, one day I'll be a doctor of dance, right? But, like, that requires, like, understanding because dance is more than just movement. Hello. It is is literally, it's a history. It's a culture. It it has philosophy. It has impacted socially, socially economically. Um, It has so many different elements in our world today that people don't really think about. And there Mm. are very few people that do get that. Yeah. Um, and especially within like the dance profession, which is baffles my mind. Cause I'm like, okay, you guys, like if you really love dance, like I feel like you should educate yourself just a little bit more, right. you know? And that's why I think what we're doing is like, it shouldn't even just be taught in studios. It should really be taught at agencies. Yeah. Um, you know what I mean? Like certain things like that, because, and having worked for an agency or working for an agency, like I see the kind of, um, you know, we always try to, a client will come in and they have like their set mind of what they're looking for, but we always try to expand their mind because sometimes they'll come in and be like, we want all like white dancers and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, yeah, I mean, (laughs) honey, you would be surprised. And so, you know, a lot of the time, like we try to like be like, okay, well, you know, we have a variety of dancers. So let's look at their skill set versus what they look like. And I guarantee you're doing me just as happy. Oh, yeah. um, and half the time it works, you know? So because I want to get work for everybody. I don't want it to be just like n- not representative of like one culture either. Mm-hmm. Right. So I think it's so important. And that's the other thing cool about Ray is like, you know, they're a studio, but they're also an agency. And so to be able to take this work and implement it in both worlds, not just the studio life, but I think the professional life as well, I would love to see it reach that kind of mass. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I I think speaking as one of the... I just remember Dancers (laughs) Alliance. Down in L.A. Oh, okay. Yes, yeah. that, that was the committee. See, it just, I told you it'll come oh, to me. Oh, I feel like I've uh, heard of them. Yes, yeah, and so yeah. they're they're kind of similar to what More Than Movement is, but they're more on the professional side where they're trying to get more um, value for dancers, like insurance yeah. and, you yeah, know, certain yeah. things like that. Um, there are committees like that, but again, not really working on that, like an, anti-racism, taking, you know, history and culture and knowledge. Mm. Um, yeah, they're really big. Um, yeah. Yeah. And... Um, I know the girl who runs it, I, at least I think, I think actually since then Taja has maybe taken it over, Taja Riley. Um, yeah. Yeah, yeah that's it. Um, and uh, they're great. They've been around for years and they've actually expanded. Now they're in all different cities, really trying to get dancers, you know, appropriate wages. Because um, yeah. as we all know, dancers do not get paid. Y'all need to be paying your dancers more money. Yeah. Period. Um, <laughs> but, um, yeah, it, it's just so important that I, I mean, I would love to see this kind of thing reach the masses more than just like the studio world for sure. Absolutely. Definitely. 
Yeah, and I I think we'll talk about this probably in, like, a whole other podcast, but I think, like, it's such an important point that, like, we see the Bay Area as kind of, like, the starting ground, but not, like, where people can eventually have a dance professional career, and, you know, like, one of my big just personal goals is to, like, really change that culture, like, I really want to make dance something that is like a very viable option as a career here in the bay obviously obviously there's so many elements to that specifically but um yeah i i just i love the bay i'm, I'm born and raised here um, AA, me too yeah like i just feel there's so much potential here that like ends up getting overlooked because of places like la and new york and i think we've talked about it a little bit about like the xyz's of why that happens but yeah like one of my big yeah goals. i would love to have that conversation because yeah. that is so in-depth because i have lived in multiple dance places around the world Mm -hmm. yeah um and you know i i feel like the same way about the bay as like it could definitely it has the potential it's just you know it's outrun by new york la london and um i mean even other places like chicago have a huge dance scene Mm -hmm. miami surprisingly dallas has a huge dance scene um Denver. denver Um, But I think when it comes to, like, work, though, like, as a working professional dancer, um, it's just the Bay Area is kind of lacking, which is why I really love working with Ray is because we're the only dance agency out here. Um, Is it really? Like, it's the only one I know, but it's the only one? It's the only. That's wild. I know. I know. It's wild. Uh, but, But that also goes to show, like, she, the market for it is so small, like, what we do have here is it's a very large corporate. Like, mm. that is your go, right? Um, it's not commercial scene. We don't have that. There's a lot of competition teams, but that's not professional work. Yeah. Um, I Maybe mean, that has died a lot over the past couple of years. Yeah, well, that's, that's yeah. the pandemic. Mm-hmm. But, you know, and then there's just... I mean, there's a whole lot of layers to that. So I would definitely love to yeah. definitely do a whole podcast episode about that. So... Stay tuned. Yeah. Um, but, yeah. So, just to wrap up here, let's go around and let's each name some of our takeaways from today's uh, episode. Who would like to start? I'll start, um, <laughs> since I'm the host. <laughs> um, so, for me, it's just, I think the takeaway is really um, the power of education and yeah. how... Um, almost the lack there is of that within the dance community. And I like to say it's growing. I, I think you're seeing a lot more advocacy within the dance community, um, but I still think there is a long way to go. And um, I'm really excited to see that expand and grow. Um, another takeaway is, um, you know, just educating those on, especially studio owners that be mindful of, what you're naming your class and also who you're hiring because um when you're hiring teachers you need to make sure that like you don't just take them on because their movement is cool or you know you need to make sure that you're hiring them because they're knowledgeable in the field that they're teaching um that is so crucial i see so many teachers get away with not educating their students um and that just needs to change. Um, but those are my takeaways for today. Um, yeah. I think I think the one for me I'll just reemphasize is, you know, like if we are guests of 
of dance and and dance is the house how are we being how are we being respectful guests in the house what is our way of bringing the platter of fruit how is our way of taking off the shoes when we're asked um yeah and again just sending out that bat signal that us non-black dancers really need to be doing more of the work and stop letting it fall on fall on others yeah no i love that I, that's actually like one of my favorite things that yeah. you said on this today not that anything else you said wasn't important, but no, like, no, I, no, I love, I, I, just the way you describe that, I think it's mm. so, it hits like head on the nail, you yeah. know, like we are guests in this house of dance, um, especially if you're in the hip hop realm um, and you're not black, you are a guest and mm-hmm. you must treat it as so and you don't want to disrespect anybody because you don't want someone to be walking up in your home and disrespecting you. Right. So I love that. Lex? Knowledge is power. (laughs) Hallelujah, girl. Praise Jesus. (laughs) Or whoever you praise, praise him. I praise my dogs. Um, (laughs) So just to wrap up here, um, the last thing we like to do is have some fun spitfire questions. So we're going to ask three questions and we're each going to answer. The first is, I'm going to start with myself again, um, because it's all about me. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Um, No. Um... So, actually, no, Liza, let's start with Christy first. Um, so, who is your dance crush today? Yeah, I've already, I feel like I already, like, mentioned her to you both, but I really just admire Dazzy from Femme Fatale. Uh, she's a Korean popper, but she does Femme Fatale in L.A., but she's basically all over the world at this point. She's, like, Red Bull-sponsored. Um, yeah, and she just really inspired me because she is, you know, like, uh, more more petite frame, I would say, and, uh, and she just pops, like like a beast and I think that just really inspired me because popping has been the style that I've always really wanted to get good at but I was like no I'm too small I don't have those muscles but she really just showed me that like any any size person can really become a dope popper I have another popper I'll have to show you she's out in New York she's so yes. good and she's like like you said like she's petite and small and you're kind of like all of a sudden she pops and you're like what yeah how did that happen how did that come out mm-hmm. that little tiny body mm-hmm. all right Christy uh, Christy Lexi Lexi who is your dance crush today well in honor of women's history month I want to um, I want to um, highlight uh, Marjorie Smarth who's one of the pioneers of house dancing okay Uh, yeah she uh, oh and rest in power um, she unfortunately did uh, pass um, I don't remember how long ago now but long time long time yeah there is Um, a dedicated Instagram page of her though yes um, yeah I, I was Fortunate enough to meet her husband actually at a house event last year, and um, yeah, she her style is just so fluid, and she's such a when you watch her interviews and you watch her dance in general, you can tell that she just has like this very special light to her, and um, yeah, it's uh, it, it was such a loss in the dance community, but I'm so happy that um, you know there you know the house community is keeping her spirit and her um, philosophy alive. Um, yeah, so Marjorie Smart. I love that. Um, For me, um, also in respect to Women's History Month, but also to Black History Month, um, Mm -hmm. I'm giving it to my girl Taja Riley. Yeah. Um, Big snaps to you, Taja. She knows I'm a huge fan. I'm obsessed. I stalk her page constantly. (laughs) Um, I'm always, like, tapping everything, and she's always, like, responding. She's so cute. I love her. But also what she's doing for the dance industry, no one else is doing. Mm -hmm. Um, She is the reason why Super Bowl dancers got paid. She Mm -hmm. is the one out there being the voice for dancers, making sure dancers are getting paid, making sure they're getting equity, like, that is so important. And I think, for me as a professional dancer, um, and having lived in those different spectrums, 
um, around the world uh, and just seeing how we get treated. Uh, it's so beautiful to see the work that she is doing because um, she's really putting her foot out there, not yeah. just for, and it's not about herself, it's for everybody. Um, so big ups to you, Taja. Keep doing the damn thing. I can't wait to see what the future looks like for you. I mean, she's already worked with everybody under the sun, like literally <laughs> everybody. Like her, I think her first major huge job was Janet Jackson at like 16. Nice. Like so All good. Right. Yeah, so good. Um, okay, so next question. What dance form or style would you want to learn? Christy. Oh, that's such a hard one. I know, because everything's so good. Yeah. Honestly, um, you know, I think you mentioned we just had our, our uh, Support Our Styles Holy event, and um, I was really shocked. Like, uh, I guess, like, I obviously have seen Bollywood before. It's, like, a pretty pretty wide-known style, but, like, the heart and and love I felt in, like, the room, and everyone's just so full of joy. I was like, wow, like... There's some Bollywood classes. Yeah, like, there's something so special here. Like, I really had no idea. Like, I almost felt so bad that I, I didn't know so much about this community. Um, it was such a cool thing to collaborate on. But, yeah, I think I'd, I'd love to take some Bollywood classes. I love that. I yeah, love and luckily... It is right. intricate. Yeah. It's so intricate. Like, the little hand... Like, you do one hand movement wrong, you'd be telling someone, fuck you. Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm like, holy shit, because they are so intricate. Um, yeah. You know, so I love that. Love that choice. What about you, Lex? Uh, the first thing that popped into my head was Chicago footwork because mm. I, uh, I I love Kelly Foreman. Um, if you're listening to this, Kelly, you are amazing. <laughs> I love Kelly. Love, Kelly's great. We love Kelly. Um, and I, I just see her videos all the time and she is just such a beast when it comes to Chicago footwork. I took her class once and I got my ass handed to me. <laughs> um, but yeah, and just, you know, watching people like King Charles and yes. um, everyone else in the in the Bay that's keeping Chicago footwork alive here. Um, it's such a cool dance form and I wish more it's people... Hard. It's hard as hell. Yeah. So I remember when <laughs> I used to work at Debbie Reynolds and, you know, there was the Chicago footwork on ABDC. Yes. And yeah. they brought... they right, right after yeah. that, right after that, they got off the show... Um, and immediately Debbie Reynolds put a class for Chicago footwork and I got to meet all of them and it's just, I got to take quite a few classes and it is such a unique, hard, very hard cardio based oh <laughs> style, but like just the footwork it takes, it's insane. Yeah. Cause I can pick up house footwork pretty well, but when it comes to Chicago footwork, I feel like yeah, I, don't, I don't have like feet. You, no. You think it's transferable, but it's so different. It's, it's so, so different. different. Yeah. Well, house has a flow, you know, the it's upper body, low, low. it has the upper body movement with it, but where footwork does not like it is all feet. Yeah. yeah. It is all feet for me. You know, lately I have been really wanting to learn like salsa. Ooh. Like, I, like, again, another footwork, but also upper body that it takes um, and to work with somebody else. Mm. I think having partner working um, is very difficult. Yes. Um, really it's so yes. difficult. <laughs> I'm like, bitch, I'm going to trip over your feet. You're going to trip over mine. I'm going to run into you. That turns um, up my body. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's something I've always wanted to kind of learn, and it looks so good. Like, when you watch the, like, Blackpool competitions, like, everyone just looks so good. And the sparkly outfits, I'm like, yes! Yeah! <laughs> I won it! Um, I and, that. yeah, I do too. Um, now, lastly, if you could change one thing in the dance community right now, what would you change? Um, I think for me, it's, uh, it's just more accountability. I mm -hmm. think, you know, like, people have been told enough, like, things need to stop, things need to change, and... 
just there's just not enough accountability there i think like if we just all collectively held ourselves more accountable so many things could just change i love that um i the uh the first thing that popped into my head was inclusivity because when uh when i was in school learning about um hip-hop history and culture a lot of the things that came up was you know these uh environments are meant to be inclusive but at the end of the day like we also need to respect where it came from. And so I, I think it, you know, there, there is, there can be that relationship between inclusivity and appreciating the culture rather than um, appropriating it. Mm. Uh, if I could change one thing, I think it would be um, that dancers or dance teachers um, need to have some sort of before a studio hires them, they need to have, like, a background in dance. Yeah. I see a lot of people that don't. Um, like, and whether that is, you know, you've been in the commercial world, um, you've been in the competition world, um, there needs to be something that... You, and it ha- can't just be, oh, I've done it for a year. I see that a lot of times. So you just go take a couple classes, and I see this more and more, like you go take a couple classes, and all of a sudden they're like, oh my god, I can teach. And it's like, no, that's not how that works. And I really feel like that needs to change in the dance studio world, and just world in general. Yeah, Yeah, that's such a good point. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So, lastly, where can everyone who is listening find you guys on social media? Yeah, so we, uh, we're we all connected through Ray Studios SF on Instagram. So to learn more about our work, you can visit uh, the, sec- the More the Movement section of the Ray Studios blog. You can also, again, follow... I'm going to restart that whole thing. No, because <laughs> well, no, the question is, like, oh. give us your like Instagram handle so they can find oh. you. Oh. Yeah, oh. and then I'll do the closing bit. But I was yeah. just like, where can oh. people find you so that way, you oh. know, we get more followers. Girl. Find, person- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. find the personals. Okay. Yeah. Don't you go first? Yeah, sure. Okay. Um, you can find me, I think all of my handles online are at LexiNut7. Um, so it makes it very easy to find me. <laughs> also, no one has my name. So that's another <laughs> easy way to find me. Love just, that. Uh, just Google me and you'll, uh, I'm the only person. Oh, she out there. said Google me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she said Google me yeah, there. I'm a big deal. I'm a big deal. <laughs> what about you, Christy? Where can the folks find you? Oh my God. My handle's even more embarrassing. It's at Angry Jazz Hands on Instagram. I I love your title. I love it. The emoji face. Yeah. yeah, there's no picture of me on there. Um, I honestly don't post very much, but I'm obviously at least very friendly, and I love to connect with folks. So um, <laughs> she is friendly. What are you laughing? <laughs> she had to plug that in there so yeah. people don't think she's angry all the yeah, time. I don't. <laughs> yeah, I'm not some weirdo who, who never posts. Um, yeah, I love connecting with folks. I just try not to post too much um just to keep you know certain parts of my life private but yeah please connect with me angry jazz hands i love that (laughs) and for all of those out there you can find me on instagram at jj the killer k-i-l-l-a-h um and i love to talk to people as well so don't be shy hit me up um send nudes um (laughs) i'm here for it um so in closing, uh, to learn more about More Than Movement, you can visit our section of the Ray Studios blog at uh, theraystudios-sf.com. You can follow Ray Studios on social media and subscribe to their newsletter to hear more about upcoming More Than Movement events and updates. 
Lastly, we want to hear about you and about topics you're interested in and learning more about. Email us at morethanmovement at rayagency.com and we will see you next month for our next episode. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Bye.